0: Hey, everyone. I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is the CNN political briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Thursday, March 3rd. Russia's invasion of Ukraine continues to dominate all the talk here in Washington, D.C., as Vladimir Putin now enters week two of his unprovoked war on Ukraine. Putin's forces continue to attack major cities in Ukraine, and President Zelensky is pleading for more international assistance. How's this for a pretty perverse statement? Russian President Vladimir Putin said today that Russia's special military operation, meaning his invasion of the independent nation of Ukraine, was, quote, going according to plan. Now, just look anywhere on a computer screen, a phone screen, a TV screen, and the human tragedy you see taking place hour by hour, city by city across Ukraine to think that those images are going according to plan probably tells you everything you need to know about Vladimir Putin and his mindset right now just by that statement alone. Putin went on to say that he considers Ukrainians and Russians as one people. He'll never stop believing that. And the Russian president had a phone call with French president Emmanuel Macron this morning. And the French readout of that call was that, quote, the worst is yet to come in Ukraine. That's the perception from Macron and his team after that call with President Putin. For his part, President Zelensky of Ukraine is pleading with the Russians to sit down at a negotiating table, not in the midst of conflict, but actually government to government and try to begin to resolve this matter. Of course, Zelensky knows that kind of actual, real, earnest negotiation, ceasefire, peace talks, that is that is a far way off if it's ever to be, which is why President Zelensky is also pleading with the West for more help, specifically still asking to establish a no-fly zone. That's what he would like to see from NATO over Ukraine to prevent Russian aerial bombings and to enforce it by shooting down aircraft that actually crosses into the no-fly zone. This would be a major escalation, but Zelensky is not giving up this request, even though it's clearly being met with the answer of no by the West. Listen to White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki on MSNBC about why President Biden is not willing to go there right now. It would essentially mean the U.S. military would be shooting down planes, Russian planes. That is definitely escalatory. That would potentially put us into a place where we're in a a military conflict with Russia. That is not something the president wants to do. We are not going to have a military war with Russia, with U.S. troops. And now the southeastern city of Mariupol is under siege. Russian troops are squeezing the city by closing in from two directions. Listen to Mariupol's mayor on CNN this morning. We do not have electricity in whole city. We do not have water supply. We do not have a sanitary system. And we do not have heating, continuous shelling for Uh, 26 hours. 26 hours they are destroying our city. As for the capital city of Kiev, well, that 40-mile convoy of Russian tanks and armored vehicles still appears to be stalled outside the city. That's according to the UK's defense ministry, citing intelligence. The White House is stepping up its hope to provide more financial assistance to Ukraine. Today, I'm announcing that we're adding dozens of names to the list, including one of Russia's wealthiest billionaires, and I'm uh, banning travel to America by uh, by more than 50 Russian oligarchs, their families and their close associates. As part of an emergency funding request to Congress, the White House is asking for $10 billion in lethal and humanitarian aid for Ukraine. But it seems that there are two different domestic political pressure points that are occurring on the Biden administration right now. One is this notion that the sanctions that have been announced so far seem to leave aside the energy sector, that Russian oil has not been directly targeted by these crushing sanctions that we've seen placed on Moscow to date. Of course, the fear here is that if you indeed go after Russian oil and put sanctions on it and limit the ability for people to import Russian oil, that gas prices are going to go up. And that could be a real domestic political problem for Biden now. But whether or not the American people would really be willing to pay exorbitantly higher prices in gasoline for which is already high prices that people are paying at the pump, clearly the Biden administration is somewhat wary. Of doing that, which may be why you don't see this yet, though today White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said again that they have not ruled that out as an option, as a potential tool going forward. In fact, Speaker Nancy Pelosi today, probably the staunchest Biden ally up on Capitol Hill, joined the likes of West Virginia Democrat Joe Manchin or the Republican from Alaska Lisa Murkowski in calling for a ban on the import of Russian oil. The other political pressure point being applied right now from the right onto the Biden administration is this notion of intelligence sharing. As you know, the Biden administration has sort of been in an unprecedented fashion, sharing intelligence with allies all in advance of uh, Putin's invasion into Ukraine. Now, a couple of Republican senators, Ben Sass of Nebraska and Marco Rubio of Florida, who was on CNN, are making clear that they think the intelligence has to be streamlined and be getting to Ukrainian hands much faster than it is. It isn't good enough to tell somebody where a tank was 10 hours ago when the tank's now at the doorstep trying to do the kind of bombing we've seen in Kharkiv. The Ukrainians have limited resources as is. You don't want them chasing one thing when in fact the things change on the ground and, and, and they find themselves in the wrong place. All these developments yet again show that in the week that the president delivered his State of the Union message, that he went out into the country to start selling his economic program. The White House is being overtaken by events right now and responding day by day to what is an unfolding, growing nightmare in Ukraine right now. Joe Biden and his administration, as today's cabinet meeting shows, when you just see the whole of government approach he's applying here, this is problem one, two and three right now on the president's plate. That's it for today's political briefing. Thanks so much for listening. And please take a moment and be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll talk to you tomorrow.